Hello and welcome. This is the first Global Custodian podcast of 2017. Uh, it's really good to be back. Uh, my name is John Baker. I'm head of digital for Global Custodian, and I'm joined today by editor John Watkins. Hi. I'm also joined by our special projects editor Richard Schwartz and Paul, our reporter. Special uh, reporter. Special reporter. <laughs> yes. That. I've been, been called special a lot of times, but that's in the nicest content. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> How is everyone? I'm good, I'm good. Yourself? Uh, yeah, very good. You know, refreshed after the winter break. Uh, if people have been wondering why we haven't done a podcast for a while, it's because we've been working on new material. Mm. So if we're extra funny today, that's that's why. Yeah, I mean, on that note, I'm going to go back to some old material. Don't ask me what the new name of the podcast Well, it says <laughs> on the top of this piece of paper you've given me Global Custodian Podcast. Yes. It's is that what it's called now? Yes. It's, Take, it's taken a year to think of that. <laughs> <laughs> what are it used to be called? We never it had didn't a name. have a name. Oh, it's kind of we, a we, we asked readers to, uh, or listeners, should I say, to uh, to give us some ideas, and they didn't. Well, we had Glow Podcast Odeon, which is good, but it doesn't seem to have stuck or have no. any reaction from you guys there where I've said that. So. Yeah. Anyway, that moving on. Uh, <laughs> Paul, can you give us a little bit of a roundup of the uh, news this week? Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly, John. Uh, we've started the new year with a bang with uh, quite a few headlines. Um, Euronext has announced it's made an all cash offer of 510 million euros to purchase the London Stock Exchange's France based clearinghouse LCH.clearnetSA. Uh, BNP Paribas has appointed Lutz Dadrix as group head Ooh, for. Good BNP- Thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> Let's start that one again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit that out, John. Uh, BNP Paribas appointed Lutz Dadrix as group head for BNP Paribas in Germany and chairman of its German group management board. He previously spent 25 years on the board of Hypo Variance Bank, or part of Unicredit. Uh, meeting scheduled for early January this year to confirm Basel IV rules has been postponed. Uh, this group of central bank governors and heads of supervision have called for more time to review the package of proposals. That's good, because I thought I I don't think you'll be alone there, Richard, to be fair, so good news all around. Several Chinese companies have combined to establish Asia's fintech merger and acquisition fund of funds worth more than 10 billion renminbi. Uh, Apex Fund Services has appointed Wall Street veteran Daniel Strachman as head of US business development. Strachman's had over 20 years of experience in financial services and he's had roles at Morgan Stanley and Cantor Fitzgerald. And finally, the Abu Dhabi Securities Exchange has unveiled plans to launch short selling service early this year. Great. Excellent. Well, an exciting first week of the year. It is. Um, particularly the delay around Basel 4. Uh, as Richard said, I haven't seen Basel 3 yet and I haven't seen Transformers 3 either, so uh, <laughs> got, a lot of ca- got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> Sequels are the worst, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> Does that lead us well on to Mifid too? Uh, it doesn't, no, but it does It does lead us on to 2017. Yes. The 2017th instalment in, uh, in that saga. Um, what's what's going to be going on in uh, 2017? What do people think? I can see on this list of ideas here, we've got blockchain with an exclamation mark, which yeah. must mean it's important. Yes, uh, not for the first year. We're going to be talking about blockchain a lot in 2017. As anyone who has left their house in the last two years with no blockchain is the next big thing. Uh, it's being touted to completely change uh, a lot of processes, everything from clearing to settlement to 
everything, right? I'm not going to sit off and sit and reel off everything. It's going to change, but it's, it's going to be huge next year. Uh, distributed ledger technology. So we're going to see plenty of that throughout the year. I think what's likely is we'll have some small scale adoptions. We'll mm-hmm. start to see some implementation of it. Hopefully, there'll be. I mean, one of the things we're going to focus on actually uh, in the next magazine is kind of regulators and their input into it because they're being very encouraging across the world at the moment with blockchain. But could friend turn to foe eventually, and they're going to have to start applying regulations to it. Mm. Uh, obviously, we need standards for it. That could be something we see in 2017 or something that's worked on. So, I think that's inevitably going to be kind of file under boring but important because if we haven't, at the moment, there'll be a, well, I would expect there to be a number of blockchain, things actually running on blockchain in yeah. 2017. If there aren't, people are going to start getting fired from the various <laughs> bad kind of infrastructure projects yeah. that relate to blockchain. But if they're all working on them individually for a s- small scale, if you like, pro- beyond going one step after proof of concept, then inevitably there are going to be different standards that develop at that level and somebody's going to have to get hold of this before it gets on. I mean, we've seen... There's, there's been sort of you know stuff like R three these mm-hmm. kind of groups getting together and, and talking and and I, you, one would assume in this day and age that standardisation forms part of what these guys talk about. I guess the real thing is whether they care yeah. <laughs> or, li- or whether they listen to one another or whether they you know whether they think but, but oh well actually I think yeah. this way I'm doing it's better and it will be the standard. But that doesn't people. necessarily mean that the people involved in R three speak to the, p- the people involved and actually other, making you know, this like, yeah. Yeah. Ripple obviously is going to do stuff that on the face of things doesn't necessarily conflict with what they're doing at R3 but at some point there's going to have to be an interaction mm. because it's a chain of mm. transactions mm. and what are they going to find when they try and mm. pull the whole thing together yeah. Yeah. I mean I suppose and there's, all, there's also Swift, obviously. That's well, does the, does the involvement of Swift perhaps, mm. in some ways, you know, and we, we know it's something that Swift is very interested in and be very involved in, and, you know, it was a huge, huge topic at Cybos last year and probably will be again this year. Uh, you know, could they be sort of looked to as an industry standard setter for this? They could be, I think, but they don't necessarily, as with compliance, where they now play a large role, but they didn't used to. I'm not sure that the people involved in the various blockchain initiatives see SWIFT in the same light as you know, the people involved in the back offices of transaction banks. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and I suppose it kind of reminds me of the uh, was that XKCD comment where, you know, oh, we've got 14 competing standards. Why don't we get together and uh, you know, come up with, with a single industry standard that brings everything together? Now we have 15 competing standards. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, other things in 2017. What, what, what are we? No, that's it. Just blockchain. Just blockchain. Uh, <laughs> especially if you've been to any cyber event the last two years. That's blockchain and Trump. That's about it. Yes. Yes. Well, obviously Trump, Brexit, going to be huge things next year. Uh, actually, on the topic of Brexit, then. It'll be interesting to see how that affects CMU plans going forward. Uh, obviously, a lot of people talk about relocating, whether it be custodians, fund administrators, or hedge funds themselves. So yeah, that's something to keep an eye on next year. Is it all talk? Are they going to move? Are we moving to Dublin? 
Um, yes, yes, or Luxembourg or Frankfurt. Okay. It depends on which one has the best weather. <laughs> well, it's not Dublin. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I love Frankfurt or Luxembourg. Oh, they have to have a rethink on there. Cayman Islands. Yeah, Cayman Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just because. So, yeah, obviously it's going to be a huge year for, for things like that. Brexit, Trump, but also... Mm. Not actually going back to filing under boring but important, huge amount of regulations coming in over the next year or being reformed, or you know, there's going to be a lot of updates coming out. But things to look forward <coughs> to in the very near future one of them being uncleared margin rules. So, we're going to have variation margin rules coming into force in March, huge impact on um, clearing of derivatives and collateral requirements. And then, obviously, towards the end of the year, we'll have MIFID 2, which will be a big one for all. And another thing we've been keeping an eye on recently, Paul, you've done a few mm. things about this, are the asset segregation rules. So mm-hmm. asset segregation rules, we've got them under everything. So huge conflicts of, mm-hmm. of rules on there. And yes. that's, I mean, you wrote in your article, Paul, right? It's going to affect mm-hmm. liquidity. and It's going to have huge wide-ranging impact. And it's interesting what we were saying before with blockchain about developing these industry standards. Uh, we've talked about it in the feature. If we're going to develop a standardised process for asset segregation rules, we'll need various industry principles to be agreed on first. And as we've just said before, trying to get some kind of harmony between all these separate industry participants isn't easy. Yeah. So that'll definitely be something to, to keep an eye on next year. Yeah. Can I ask an uninformed question? I, can I give you an uninformed <laughs> response? <laughs> Given that C2S was yeah. like year started before all this asset segregation, mm-hmm. Business mm-hmm. and given that T2S is like 2017 is really going to be the year yes. of, of critical mass for mm-hmm. T2S, yes. does that uh, and T2S without uh, will it affect T2S mm-hmm. the fact that there are all these asset segregation? I believe, I believe that's just mentioned in the in the feature. There'll be um, parts of T2S that were specifically designed to take this into account. Um, there's a phrase which is just escaped my head. I remember speaking to somebody who mentioned it. But I definitely think there'll be some sort of impact. And I think one takes the other into account, if that makes sense. So I got yeah, yes, yeah. ration also suggests that T2S can be adapted to take into account increased segregation. He says, there is also an interesting point concerning T2S when it was confronted by segregated markets in Europe and how the volume of segregated accounts could be handled. The answer says sensibly has been to use a form of aggregation called layering. So Emmy's segregation mm-hmm. rules about to take into account. Uh, I, I'm not going to read the whole piece, but it's it's a cracking read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in that you've got Thanks to Henry Russian, head of regulatory engagement at HSBC <laughs> for providing that insight. Yes. yes. Really HSBC or Swift should uh, sponsor this podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> giving them a couple of shouts. There's a shout so, out. Yeah. <laughs> so as you said, T2S, another thing for 2017. Wave four, which February, I think. February, yep. prizes for anyone who knows the mm-hmm. percentage of volumes going through mm-hmm. wave four. I'm not sure what it is. Is, 40, is it the biggest? I think it's, off the top of my head, I think it's around 45. Yeah, so obviously Clearstream yeah. involved in that mm-hmm. as well, so yes. another big and thing. A lot of people I spoke to on that topic, of course, T2S has been hit by delays, that's no secret, and according to wave four, simply can't afford delays because there's regulatory requirements, yeah. there's large-scale IT infrastructure projects in place, so the consensus is that can't be delayed, so... Okay. My, my view of consensus about yeah. delays is it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks it goes, we can't possibly delay this, yes. and it gets delayed. It's anyway. inevitable, so, uh, we'll, so we'll see. We'll see. They, they, 
Um, and then last down here, I see we've got consolidation. Uh, it's a big thing, I suppose, across the whole of capital markets right now. Uh, margins are under pressure. There's more need to get uh, a bit of efficiency going and stuff like that. And you know, we're seeing, you know, among the stock exchanges, they are all kind of consolidating. Maybe that'll help the capital markets union project along yeah. where <laughs> politics can't. Um, but we're also seeing, uh, you know, the fund administration space. Yeah, so I mean, SSNC have been big movers lately, snapping up uh, other big hedge funds here and there. So there's some interesting stuff out there now about how the market will look with the, the big guys getting bigger, and then you've got the smaller independent administrators. We had an Oxford debate series in New York at the end of last year talking about the big versus the, the smaller, and you know, what value do you get from, from each? And it's a pretty good debate, right, Richard? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I think the yeah. argument for the smaller guys was, hey, we've got more face time with the customer and, you know, we can uh, potentially have better relations with them, whereas the bigger guys have got scale, obviously, so there's some benefits there. I think that's something we'll be wanting to look at in the uh, uh, hedge fund administration yeah. survey this year is the extent to which there's a, a sort of fragmentation of client base because obviously the big guys are getting bigger small mm. the people in the middle largely are disappearing either you know they've been absorbed or yeah. they've been bought in some way uh, but the, the smaller independents have a niche clearly and they tend to get very high ratings in our surveys because of the customer perception mm. but uh, it could be that they appeal to a specific segment of the client base so I, th I think it's the case in, in almost uh, yeah almost everything, you know, if you look at uh, you know, asset management's a great example, isn't it, where you've got the very, very big guys like Fidelity, BlackRock, and Mundi, uh, who, are, you know, are so large, they can offer these very low fees. The guys in the middle, I mean, they're essentially offering more or less the same kind of product, they just can't compete on the cost. And then, so, you know, those guys are all kind of disappearing, they're either getting eaten up by them, uh, you know, or they're, you know, just sort of you know, slowly going to presumably disappear as our assets under management dwindle. But then at the bottom end of the market, you've got the boutiques looking very healthy because, that yeah, they're offering something special to that kind of client that wants something a bit different. Um, I, and this is, almost, I guess, the exact same thing happening in fund admin, probably happening in almost every every industry. You, you've either got to offer something special or you've got to offer something cheap and anybody in the middle can't, can't really do anything that, that people want. Absolutely. Um, and as we talked, Paul mentioned in the news earlier on, we've got LSE and Deutsche Börse merging and big exchange consolidation. We talked before about CBOE and BATS. Yeah, and yeah. then obviously this has an impact on clearing houses with LCH uh, SA now being potentially sold to Euronext. So it could be year of another year of consolidation. So I would expect so, given uh, the current sort of market trends. Yeah. Any custodian consolidation on the horizon? I think at a global level, I doubt it because mm. what consolidation there was going to be has taken place. Mm. Um, so those people who are considered major global custodians, I think I don't expect there to be any movement there. How about the model? He says when wakes up in the morning and reads the FT and. <laughs> You mean global custodians? Please don't plug out other competitors, Richard. <laughs> well, 
if I didn't know the global custodian was going to publish an exclusive <laughs> consolidation now. You wouldn't be our special projects yeah, editor, exactly. would you? So, um, Sub-custodians in some markets, yeah. there's already been a lot of consolidation in, in a lot of markets. If you look at our agent bank surveys, mm. But there are still certain markets where there seem to be a large number of sub-custodians who still have business. Um, and to the extent, so they must be looking elsewhere for clients other than global custodians, so whether it's direct custody or uh, you know, for particular uh, asset managers or brokers maybe. Um, but I imagine there's probably some consolidation to come there. But yeah, whether it will happen this year or not, I don't know. So there's a future for sub-custodians then, Bessie, because that was the sort of well, there's always questions for last year. Yeah, there's always a future for sub-custodians, but in some, some markets seem to be over-serviced, mm, if yeah. you like. Yes. You know, whether, I can't see why any market would need five or six or even seven sub-custodians unless it's got a huge inflow of foreign investment. Mm, yeah. As we're talking about specific regions, then for next year, what, what do you see as, as interesting next year? I mean, China has mm -hmm. obviously had a huge couple of years with the stock, stock connects and various um, access routes being established. So, any other regions you think uh, we're going to focus on at GC this year, Richard? Um, I mean, I have PEC regions. <laughs> so they're not really, I'm, I'm not really being objective. I mean, I do think Greece is interesting because it's had such a hard time. Yeah. Not just internally, but the kinds of, you know, with a, with a bad sovereign rating, relatively bad sovereign rating, it makes it difficult for foreign investors, even those who are interested, if they're institutional investors, to use local uh, expertise and, and offering, because that then could explain why they've chosen uh, a, a provider who's mm -hmm. got a lower rating, but just by virtue of the sovereign rating than perhaps a, a kind of foreign branch, a, a Greek branch of a foreign bank might have. Um, but also Greece has a privatisation programme that's rolling out, or allegedly uh, <laughs> uh, started, but it's not, I'm going to see them in fact in a, in a week or so, mm -hmm. to see what impact that might have on the overall investment climate for foreign investors. That's one thing I, I sort of expect towards the end of the year. Yeah. That come back on the agenda of a lot of uh, foreign investors as a, as a possible market. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm Southern Africa. Always, <laughs> always of interest. Yeah, always. Of interest. <laughs> um, I think we are running out of time, and I see that you once again want to make some plugs, John. Sure. So you know, you, you know, we set the amount of time that we can talk for. So. Well, I do. I set the amount of yes, time, yeah. and uh, my cup of coffee is uh, really okay. dry. So. so we're running out of the amount of time that you've allotted us. Yes. Okay. Right. Got like, you. Like, can I? <laughs> <laughs> can I? Not if it's about Greece. No, 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 it's not sure about Greece. It's about Cyprus. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and Brexit. Okay. Because uh, well. we, we met, you know, we mentioned Brexit at the beginning, and what is likely to happen, I think, is that there are going to be centres to try and um, take not take advantage of the right word, but based on what people expect to happen with Brexit in the funds industry, mm. to present themselves as possibly having 
for the required kind of infrastructure for people to move to, mm. or to issue from, or distribute from, or whatever it happens to be. So NEMA this year is in Malta, and Malta and Cyprus are two markets that I think are going to try and capture okay. that fun space. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think we'll keep an eye on it. Okay, interesting. Um, which is bold predictions for, for 2017. So, plugs. So, I've got a few things to talk about. Winter is, well, it's not coming. Winter is here. Winter Magazine is, is officially being published and it'll be landed on desks within the coming weeks. It will actually be packaged with our new magazine, FinTech Q, which is covering all the technology developments that we've been chatting about today and on previous podcasts. So, what's the headline story? CMU rocked by Brexit. Mm. So, you, uh, you'll see that on your desks within the next couple of weeks. Paul, surveys. Coming up on the survey front at the start of 2017, we've got the Agent Banks in Frontier Markets and Tri-Party Surveys. Yeah. They're both live on the GC website now. Anybody wishes to participate, it's all on the Global Custodian website. And the deadline is the 3rd of February, I believe. Friday the 3rd, that's Friday right. Friday the 3rd. Yeah. So... Yeah, check those out now and, and please participate. We've also got the London Awards taking place on March the 16th, so we urge you to book your table now and to avoid disappointment. Yeah. Will I be allowed to come to this one? You can come. Yeah. Good. good. Um, Wouldn't fly me out to New York, though. Well, Likewise. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it was very wet, very windy. You wouldn't have enjoyed it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but, Thanks for letting me know. But amazing location. We uh, had the, the GC New York Awards um, at the end of November at Chelsea Piers in New York, for anyone that knows that, it's uh, an amazing location. I think it would be nice in the summer, though, as I say, it was very wet and windy. So we had some uh, big winners on the night, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award went to Susan Limiston of BBH, mm-hmm. uh, and we also gave that uh, Industry Legend Award to Suda Datra. So yeah, great, great evening, but um, we're expecting another good one in London on the 16th so yeah, be exactly. there and we'll also be having a pre-awards pre panel discussion beforehand brilliant yeah. sounds fun it will be excellent well yeah. that is all we've got time for or as we previously discussed all I'm allowing time for <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time